BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm really excited for this episode today. Leslie was just a gem. And I promise it's not just because she's a Libra. She has so many wise things to say. And I think you're going to really appreciate everything that we talk about. It's very topical between like the scarcity versus abundance mindset, love bombing, getting back together with an ex and rules around that and so much more. So I can't wait for you to hear it. But before we get into it, I'm just going to answer a few of your questions from the solo. Somebody asked me to talk about dry spells with your significant other and how to combat those. Yeah. I mean, I think that everybody goes through it at some point, whether it's like it depends, a dry spell is different for everyone, right? Like I could say a dry spell is like a week. And someone else might say a dry spell is a month or a few months. And it's very, very real. And I think the way to combat it is to just like approach it head on, like no pun intended, and kind of just, you know, like try to rip their clothes off or try to put on something sexy or surprise them, bring some like newness into the relationship, maybe use something different, maybe watch some porn together, like But I think the most important thing is like acknowledge it. Like don't let it be this elephant in the room that has control over you guys. Like say like, yeah, you know, it's been a while or like I feel like I miss, you know, how you feel or whatever you want to sexually say. But address it and then like try to bring some newness into it and do like what feels sexy to you. I find that like dry spells happen for me when I'm not feeling good about myself and I'm like avoiding the act of sex because I don't want to like face myself or maybe like we're just both busy. It's like making that time for it, but it can only be done by talking about it. Another thing that I wanted to talk about and address is we did this poll and it was like, you had a fling several years ago that ended because of distance. No one has ever made you feel the way that this person did. Is it healthy to not want to settle for less than that feeling or is it unhealthy and preventing you from finding love that feels slash develops differently? My answer to this is that it's healthy to an extent, right? This person is talking about a fling, like not even something that became more than that fling, meaning it was probably a three-monther or less and they didn't really know this person. So they are holding every other partner to like this unrealistic standard of this fling. 
And that is the part that's unhealthy. The part that's healthy is having the standards to not go for someone unless you have this feeling that like they make you feel amazing and that you love them and like you love, you know, this mo- these moments with them and that they make you feel that thing. That thing is okay to want to feel like it is. But I would say maybe it's a big part of the reason that they felt that thing was that they, this person was a fling. And we've talked about this before. So I think, so I've experienced this in the past. There was someone I dated and I felt so amazing with them. And they had like almost like a magic power over me when we dated. And I thought they were so amazing and they were older and like swept me off my feet. And granted, this was again a fling. Like we never officially dated. And then I definitely, I compared so many people to him and I was like, oh, you know, no one has his spark. No one has his vibe. And then when I met Steven, he had it. But once I actually got to know him and it became more than a fling, I still felt that way about him. But I also felt that like safety, that like 90% security. So I think there is a way to find that person that makes you feel that way. But you don't really, like, unless you get past that like fling moment, you don't know if it's, if it's real or not. So I would say overall it's, it's healthy, but to an extent rules for dating someone you're already friends with. So we're going to talk about this in the episode coming up with Ariel Vander Vandenberg, because she is engaged to someone that was like her best friend beforehand. So I, I want to save this for that, but I would say the rules still apply. It's just a little weirder because like, you know, each other really well, but I think you can fall into this trap of like getting too close too fast just because you know each other and you still need to get to know each other in this like different kind of way. So I would just be cautious of that because, you know, just because you're friends doesn't mean you know each other romantically. We don't share everything that we share with our friends that we do with our romantic partners. Okay, I have to tell you about this wedding I went to this weekend, which was, by the way, amazing. And I, they met because I went on her hinge and I started talking to him and I set up a date for them. And like, I was kind of talking to him for like a few months for her because she's just like not a good texter. And now they're married. They literally got married last weekend. It was so amazing to watch. It was incredible. But I have to tell you a funny story because I feel like the theme of these past few episodes have been like treatments that I've done gone wrong, which is like the the theme, I guess, of my Mercury retrograde. So my mom, my parents were at the wedding too because we're family friends. My mom had this guy come, this like really sweet gay guy. He came, he's like so fun and full of energy, like love his vibe. He came to do her hair and she loved him. And he was from like one of those on-demand blowout hair apps, right? And so he came to do her hair. She loved him. So the next day she wanted him again for the actual ceremony. And so she was like, you know, he can do your hair too. And I was like, amazing, perfect. I don't have my extensions in right now. So I don't really have a lot of hair to be honest with you. But I was like, let's see what he can do. And every time I, you know, get a blowout when I don't have extensions and I'm like, just make it look full. Like do whatever you can to make it look full. So I said that to him. All of a sudden, this guy in my mom's hotel room puts one of those like bibs on me when they cut your hair, you know, 
and starts cutting my hair. Mind you, like I'm getting married soon. Like you don't just get like a random haircut from a guy on an on-demand hair app in a hotel room when you're getting married soon, if at all, right? Just starts cutting my hair. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, no, you need this. Trust me. Like you need this. Like your hair is like, it's dying for it. It needs this like cut. And I was like, no, but I like, you know, the Libra people pleaser in me was like, okay, maybe he knows what he's talking about. And then every time I hear the scissor cut down on the hair, you know what I'm talking about. When you get a haircut and you hear it, you're like, oh no, 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 no. It always sounds like more hair. And I'm really freaking out at this point. And I'm looking at my mom and I'm giving her like death eyes and she's looking at me and and then I'm like looking at her and then I'm texting her. And I'm like, what is going on? What is happening? And, and she's like, no, he's, he's great. Trust me. I swear to God, he like did some crazy thing. I looked like orphan Annie. He curled my hair up into like a, it was like a, a perm basically. And my hair was so short and I was freaking out. And then like eventually we made it doable, but like he fully cut my hair. And so now I have to get like full extensions before my wedding. So I guess the the moral of the story is like, don't get a haircut, not at a salon from someone you've never met before. (sighs) Anyway, I'm going to answer a few more of your questions and then we'll get right into the episode. Somebody said what to do if you're disagreeing about your timeline with a partner. I've been there in the past and I found this to be a red flag. Like the guy was like, oh, I see. I I don't see myself having kids until like 36 or I don't even know. I think he said getting married until 36. And we were like 20 in our late 20s. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. But I guess if it's like off from like a year or two, then you can compromise. I just find that like, why, like if you find the love of your life, like you want your life to start right away. So to me, I'm like sus about somebody not wanting that, you know, someone's had experiences with dating non-American men and how it differs. I've dated a few non-American men. I will say like, there are some things that you know from growing up in like, I don't know, the East Coast in like America that you, does that, that doesn't make sense. The East coast in America, I think the the East coast, whatever, you know what I mean? There's just things growing up that you understand, whether it's like, you know, a song by like O-Town or something else. And I felt like there was that disconnect where there, there were different things that we grew up knowing and like different catchphrases and different ways to go about things. Like for example, like I always bring something when I go to someone's house, like no matter what, like they invite me to their house. I always, I never show up empty handed. And that was something that was like not the same for them or like tipping or like different things. I just find that it's, it's different culturally in, in, um, America versus not America with dating. I also feel like non-Americans from my experience are more serious when it comes to dating. Like you're more likely to find like a quote unquote fuck boy. Cause I don't know if I believe in fuck boys in America. And I find, I found in dating that people were more serious about dating, you know, from London or from, or from England rather, or from Spain. 
But I didn't trust any Australian guys that I dated. I don't know. I don't like to generalize, but like that's just my personal experience with that. There are so many questions here. I'm going to save them for the next episode. Oh, I'll answer this. Someone said you're in Stevens Enneagrams. We're both Enneagram one. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that we're both Virgo risings. And if you don't know your Enneagram, you should totally look it up because it is really, really fun. Someone said your Valentine's Day plans question mark. We are actually going to be traveling on Valentine's Day and I'm so excited about it. We're going to my favorite place and I can't wait to tell you more about that. But I still think it's so important to celebrate. It's so funny. Like someone asked me, I don't know why I always say it's so funny. Like, is that the most annoying thing that I do? Probably. I hope so. Somebody asked like different gifts for different stages of people's relationships for Valentine's Day. It doesn't matter what stage you are. I don't care if you're married 35 years or you're dating for three months exclusively or sorry, officially because exclusive is bullshit. Get them chocolate. Like why are we stepping up our Valentine's Day gifts? It's not an anniversary. It's a holiday, Hallmark holiday that happens every year. You know what I mean? And like, I don't think we need to step it up. But what I do think is like, it could be something that's useful. Like that's the best gift of all. I think we want something useful as opposed to something that just like sits on our shelf. And this Valentine's and Galentine's Day season, I'm so happy because my friends at Merrill are helping us spend it outside with our girls. We'll be hiking in our bravadas and Moab speeds from Merrill. We can't think of a better way to soak up the sunshine and fresh air to take care of ourselves and our girls. I mean, who doesn't love a hot girl walk with friends and Merrill? So if you haven't heard of Merrill, you should for sure be checking out all their stuff. And the team is launching a women's hiking club later this year, led by expert hikers and some of our favorite celebs. So I really can't wait to hear more about it. And so like, if you're like, what do I get my partner? Get them some stuff from Merrill, like stuff that they can actually use, truly. And they also have pink products, which are the perfect theme for Valentine's Day gifts. Head to Merrill.com to check it out. M-E-R-R-E-L-L.com. All the Valentine's Day gifts that you can find there or, you know, chocolate when all else fails. So for now, we'll just go right to the episode. I think we can all agree that we don't share face products with our significant others. Like it's just not something that we can usually do. So color me shocked when my fiance started using my Curology when he was in the shower. I was so confused as to what he was doing. And like, he's so, I mean, let's be honest, guys can use anything on their face, like a two, three in one shampoo and be fine. But what he loved so much about Curology was that it was doing all of the amazing things for his skin without feeling like a lot, without feeling like this, like, heavy lathering thing. You know what I mean? 
Curology, if you haven't heard of it, it's a game-changing custom skincare made for you by a dermatology provider. So they create a custom prescription cream for your specific goals, whether it's tackling acne, clogged pores, skin texture, dark spots, fine lines, or something else. You just take a short online quiz and you upload photos. And if it's a good fit, they're going to ship you your formula right to your door. And it even has your name on the bottle. I got my mom into Curology and I really, really love it. Again, like it just feels refreshing. It feels light on your face. And my skin has just stayed consistently good as a result. It's not a risk because you're working with this dermatology provider who makes sure that it works for your skin specifically. You can get started with Curology just like I did with a free 30-day trial at Curology.com slash Acme. You only pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash Acme. And you can start your 30-day free trial with cancellations anytime. And your prescription is subject to consultation. So definitely check it out. I have seen progress. I love all of their stuff. Their custom formula, the cleanser, moisturizer, the lip balm, which is new. And they have emergency spot patches, which we always need if we have some, you know, pimples before a date. So check it out. Curology.com slash Acme. Okay. So everyone's like, what's your favorite part of wedding planning? And I actually have a new answer after having gone to get our wedding bands. And that is seeing my fiance with a fucking ring on his finger. Like that is such a turn on. And I actually never shared this on here, but I think it's just like, I think a lot of women just think it's like, 10,000 times hotter when a man has a ring on his finger. Like, not that I want to like, you know, be with a married man who isn't my married man, but there's just something really sexy about it. Okay. Like, I'm sorry. I said it. It's just the truth. I don't know. It's like, really attractive. And we had the best experience. We went to Ring Concierge, which if you haven't already heard of Ring Concierge, it's the luxury jewelry brand that was founded by Nicole Wegman. And it really disrupts like a traditionally male dominated industry. Like you hear about all these like male jewelers and, you know, you see these movies about like, you know, uncut gems and whatever. But Nicole is such a boss and she started Ring Concierge to you know, change the way that we buy engagement rings and jewelry. And like, there's so much transparency. She really redefines the idea of luxury. And they have like this bespoke service that makes you, makes it so much easier for you to buy rings, for you to buy engagement rings, wedding rings, wedding bands, whatever it is that you want. They've got bracelets, necklaces, stacking rings. It's amazing. And if you're not already following them on Instagram, it's at Ring Concierge on Insta, where their website is ringconcierge.com. So that's R-I-N-G-C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E.com or on Insta. I'm obsessed with following because Nicole also shares a lot of her personal journey and travel and her own jewelry, which is stunning. So definitely hit up Ring Concierge if you are looking for a ring, just want some nice jewelry, or just want to like really good follow on Instagram. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. 
With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Leslie Grant from Interstates and Heartbreak Podcast. Hey, Leslie. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So truth be told, we actually recorded already. And of course, because of Mercury and retrograde, it didn't record. (laughs) But here we are back again and better than the first time for sure. So thank you for coming on again. And I'm just going to pretend that we are first chatting. So Leslie, how old are you and where are you from? I am 31. I live in Los Angeles. I grew up in San Diego, but have been in LA for like 13 years now. So basically an Angelino. Love it. And what is your current relationship status? I am in a relationship right now. Okay. Tell us a little bit. Oh, oh, and also I have to mention Leslie and I are both Libras. Yes. If you listened to our episode of Leslie's podcast, you would know that and some other things. It was a great episode. But Leslie, tell us a little bit about how you met your current partner and kind of like what your journey has been with him. Yeah, it definitely has been a journey. And we met on Hinge. I had like been online dating on and off here and there. And like, I just never met anyone who felt like they could be a good long-term partner. And so I met this guy, it was shortly before the pandemic started. So I think we matched in like late February, 2020. And we actually, our first date was a FaceTime date because I was just kind of like busy And our schedules weren't aligning. It was like, I would be in San Diego. He would be on a snowboarding trip. And then he asked me out one night when I had a date already. So I lied to him a little white lie, which he now knows about. But I told him that I had to work late that night when in actuality, I went on this date, which was pretty terrible. And so I was like, but after I get home, I would love to FaceTime you. And so it wasn't even FaceTiming for the sake of like, health and safety because COVID wasn't really a fear just yet. It was just, it happened to be a FaceTime date that I had done because I didn't want us to lose momentum and end up not meeting up. So anyway, we have this FaceTime date. I was fully prepared for it to be very awkward, but I actually felt super comfortable around him. He made it super easy to talk to him. So then when we had our first FaceTime date or first, sorry, first in-person date, right before the city shut down entirely, I was super excited and it just felt like I had known him longer than I actually had. So yeah, it was really great. I feel like it's always been really easy to get along with him. However, one thing that we had talked about before you and I is that we took a break and when it happened, I actually didn't think of it as a break. Like he was going through a lot of mental health stuff. Um, He's a firefighter and I think, you know, he's also a paramedic. And going through the pandemic had like taken a toll. And I feel like he was just in a place where he didn't feel like he could be a good partner and like give what I needed into the relationship. So he ended things. And I was like, you know what? No hard feelings. Like you're clearly going through a lot, but I was like, we're never going to talk again. Like we're not going to be friends. I've tried the whole friends with exes thing and him and I didn't start as friends. We don't have mutual friends. There's no need to go down that path. And I was like, I wish him well. That's great. I hope he's okay. And I hear from him again in January of 2021. 
and fully expected that he was just kind of checking in on me to make sure a, I didn't hate him B that my Achilles was healing. I'd like torn my Achilles a month before he broke up with me. So I was like, okay, he's just checking in. That's cool. It got flirtier and flirtier. And eventually he asks me to go out with him on Valentine's day, 2021. And we rekindled, had this dinner. I kind of had my walls up because I was like, what do you want from this? But we just kind of fell back into it. However, I will say that I wasn't ready to just be like, okay, we're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend again. I gave it about a month of dating him before I realized like, okay, he's really making me feel secure. I'm enjoying myself. If I'm going to give this a try, I might as well be all in. I love it. And so much to unpack there. <laughs> yes. I We had briefly discussed the last time we talked about this, how men and women tend to be different when it comes to the like mental health needing a break kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I don't know if this is just because like women are wired to like typically be like more relationship first or like relationship front. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like when I've heard of these like breakups and getting back together, it usually doesn't happen when the woman is the one to do it. Like for example, mm-hmm. I feel like if I broke up with someone, then like I, I'm done, like totally checked out. But I feel like with guys, especially with the mental health thing, which I want to get into, like guys, I feel like are more likely to keep the door open in a way. Does, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Has that like been something that you've experienced? Obviously, you know, in this particular situation it has, but... Mm-hmm. I fully agree. And I think that to your point, women, when we break up with someone, I feel like we want to save the relationship and we're also more methodical about things. So for me, if I've broken up with someone, yeah, to your point, I think I really have thought of every possible outcome, really pictured my life with and without them, thought it through. I think men are a little more rash. And so I think a lot of times that's why you hear women saying they always come back. It's because they'll break up with you on a whim. They'll think that there's something better or They'll be going through something and not really take the time to think through how they could work through it with you. And then afterwards, they'll be like, oh shit, like I didn't really think this all the way through. And now I miss this person and I want them back in my life. Yeah. And I feel like there's an aspect of them trying to be like, especially when it's a mental health problem. And I'm sure they're so insecure about the fact that they're even going through anything mental health wise because guys still feel so weird about therapy and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, I don't want this woman to like see me like this. I don't Mm -hmm. want her to see any weakness in me. So I would rather like almost like hurt her than her see me hurting. It's like so deep, but it's so real. It's hard. And I feel like for my boyfriend's profession too, like he is not like this, but firefighters traditionally, it's like, a little more old school in that mentality of, you know, men opening up about their emotions, not necessarily being the default. I think he has been really great about doing a lot of work on himself and like he's in therapy. And like, I know that therapy was really helpful to him while we were apart, but I still think that like, no matter how much work you do, being in that environment 24 seven still probably plays a role in your thoughts on like how much you should open up about your struggles. 100%. It's like, It's, and I feel like, oh, I'm curious, like, did he end up going to therapy while you were apart at that time? 
Yes. He was in therapy while we were apart. He's still in therapy now. So I feel mm-hmm. like it's definitely less dire. And like, from what he's told me, he's like, yeah, his therapist thinks he's doing a lot better. And so I'm like really happy to hear that. But therapy was a huge for him while we were broken up. It's so interesting because I'm like, if I were you, I'd be thinking like, did that therapist push him to be back with me? Was it him who like initiated those conversations with the therapist? Like, I would be so curious, but that's just like my toxicity wanting to know what people talk about with their Um, therapist. No, literally same. I'm just like, every time he has an appointment, I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's going to talk about me. And like, if so, like, what's the topic going to be? And it's not because I'm nervous, like we're in a really good place, but you know, there's still that curiosity. I feel like it's hard to shake that entirely. Yeah, totally. I also love, and I meant to mention this before, how your first date with him, albeit a FaceTime, was on the same night that you had a date with someone else. I think so many people are like afraid to do that. But in reality, it's such a good compare and contrast. Like Mm -hmm. you just you immediately get to know who you feel better with, like your 6 p.m. or your 9 (laughs) p.m. Yes. And like the first date, it was a coffee date and I was only there for an hour. And I was, I feel like I can talk to people pretty easily, to be honest. Like, I don't think that's a weakness I have. I was struggling. Like I kept like glancing at my watch to be like, oh my God, when is it going to be an hour? So I can leave without it being rude. And then conversely, the FaceTime date, which I thought was going to be so uncomfortable just by nature of like talking over FaceTime was the easiest thing and like so free flowing. So great contrast to have. Exactly. And going back to the break for a second, because like to be transparent, and I think you know this about me, Mm -hmm. like I am like, I am anti-break or anti-breakup and get back together with someone. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason is just because I'm so like protective of myself all the time and I'm so Mm -hmm. worried and scared about getting hurt. And so I'm curious, and I know we talked about this briefly into the void because nobody (laughs) heard it, but how do you feel about like the possibility of your boyfriend now turning around and being like, I actually want to stick to my original thought Mm -hmm. and break up? I think in the beginning, it was definitely a fear that I had. And I think that's why I went into that first like rekindling dates so guarded. And I was kind of guarded throughout the first like month, maybe even month and a half, even after I agreed like, okay, let's give this a shot again. So I feel like, you know, it's really just being hyper aware and like trusting your gut. So if I felt like he was pulling away in any sense, I feel like I would just like address it up front and really get ahead of it rather than waiting to see if like the other shoe is going to drop. I feel like, you know, trusting your gut though also goes in a positive sense where it's like, I could really consume myself with this paranoia about something that happened in the past, but like we are in a really good place. And as I think about it, like from a non-toxic or like non-anxious standpoint, he hasn't done anything to kind of make me feel validated in having those fears. And I think another thing is just like, I also have to tell myself, like, I wasn't waiting around and hoping that we would get back together. Like I didn't reach out to him. And so I just have to trust the fact that like, he took it upon himself to like make all of these moves. And hopefully he wouldn't do that if like, he were still on the fence. Cause like, if you're still on the fence about someone and you've fully gotten rid of them, like, why not just move on? That I will agree with. And I think like, actually it might be a fun exercise to do to like create rules around like taking somebody back. I think One, like they have to come to you 100%. Two, like 
you have to not have broken up for like a reason because you're toxic or mm-hmm. because this person is bad for you or something like that. Yeah. So I think like the mental health break sounds like, okay, fair, understood. N- and number three, I feel like you have to know your worth. Like mm-hmm. so many women, especially, I feel like take these people back because they're like, well, there's nothing else out there for me. Like it sounds to me like you're like, I'm fucking hot. Like I am a boss bitch. I am making the conscious choice because I like this person, but I could Mm -hmm. go out and be with someone else. You know what I mean? Like it's like you're choosing them. You're not like choosing them out of like a scarcity mindset, which I want to get into the conversation about. And I feel like that those three reasons are like, okay, fair enough. But there are all, there's so many bad reasons that people take the other person back. Like I've Mm -hmm. taken someone back before who the first time I broke up with them because I thought they were boring. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, that's not nice of a reason. So I took (laughs) them back Mm -hmm. and realized they were boring again. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good enough reason. (laughs) That's Yeah, like that's not going to change. Or like, you know, somebody broke up with me once because they were like, I think they just like thought that I, that we were too different. Mm-hmm. And so they broke up with me and then they tried to get me back and I did it. And then they were like, yeah, we're still too different. Like oh my that's God. the worst, the yeah. worst. And so I think just recognizing like the, the good reasons versus the like reasons that would never change if you took them back is so important. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to lie to you. I still have not done anything different for my wedding. And that's because I don't believe in the word diet. Like I truly don't think that that's healthy. And I think that it's something that people should get rid of. And instead of doing some kind of fad diet, you should do something that's long lasting and helps you live like a healthy balanced lifestyle if that's what you want to do. For me, that is Saqqara because Saqqara has these amazing plant-rich meals that are delicious. And they're like, functional and they fill you up. They're not just some bad diet that's coming and going. With Saqqara, you get these nutrient-dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body. Plus, they have so many amazing additions like their detox tea or their metabolism super powder. It's really amazing. And Sakara is a wellness company that's anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. So whether you're plant-based or just plant-based curious, Sakara is a great place to start. All of their food helps boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Everyone's always like, how do you have good skin? And I'm like, Saqqara. Saqqara is the reason. There's no surprise because obviously if Gwyneth Paltrow loves something, she's onto something, you know? She is. I mean, she looks like a child baby goddess. Right now, Saqqara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to saqqara.com slash acme20 or enter code acme20 at checkout. That's S-A-K-A-R-A dot com and use code ACME20 at checkout to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com and code ACME20. You will not be disappointed. Trust me. I feel like I really get cocky sometimes and I stop seeing my therapist regularly and I'm like, 
uh, yeah, I can do this. Like I got this, like I got life, like I'm doing it. And then like Mercury retrograde happens or something happens. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, like I'm never, I need these training wheels. I need them like for everything. I need them for individual therapy. Like I think premarital therapy is great. I think all kinds of therapy is necessary and not just necessary, but it really is helpful to you. So if you're still like hesitant about therapy, I think the best way to start is using Talkspace. Whether you're dealing with anxiety, depression, self-doubt, or you just want to do better and perform better at work, Talkspace matches you with a licensed therapist who can give you the support whenever you need it. Anytime. It's amazing. They have thousands of licensed therapists across dozens of specialty. And Talkspace actually fits your schedule. So like you can live chat, like whenever something comes up, you can immediately talk to someone about it. It's really, really amazing. You send messages 24 seven and you get replies throughout the day. There's no need to wait for a weekly appointment because I know how daunting it is to go in knowing that you have nothing to talk about and not knowing where to start and feeling like you have to like pull problems out of your butt because you've already solved them later in the week or earlier in the week with Talkspace, you can like literally speak anytime you have a problem come up and it's really wonderful. If you go to Talkspace.com, you can get $100 off your first month when you go to Talkspace.com and use promo code ACME. That's $100 off your first month when you go to Talkspace.com and use promo code ACME. Really check it out. It's never too late to start therapy and it's always a good idea to work on yourself. So scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. We actually just talked about this on my Instagram and I'm curious if you know about these things um, or like if you want me to explain them, because I want to kind of get into that with you. Yeah. I feel like, you know, my understanding of it is that scarcity mindset is to your point, like when you make a decision because you don't think that you can get anything better rather than saying like, no, like I understand my worth. I understand that I have options and then using those options to kind of like maximize your experience and like refuse to settle for anything less than what you know you're worth. Exactly. And I am guilty of it. I feel like we've all been guilty of having scarcity mindset at some point in our lives. Like I remember when I was like 25 and I would go to Acme actually with girlfriends who also definitely had scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. And we would be like sitting in the back being like, there's no, there are no guys here. This is so not fun. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a general negative attitude of like, why me? Like, I'm the victim. There's Mm -hmm. nothing around. There's no opportunity. Instead of like looking for the opportunity or like looking Mm -hmm. for the, like the sign from like God, like not actually, but you know, (laughs) it's like, it's like when you don't look for the signs, like you're not going to find them. And so I definitely have been in scarcity mindset. And I feel like people had asked, like, if you feel like you're in scarcity mindset, how do you get out of it? Do you have any tips for that? Gosh, I feel like for me, it was such a journey. And I will say that like this journey started even before I was really dating because like no one had crushes on me when I was like younger, you know? So I grew up watching all my other friends, like 
have boyfriends and then like me not get kissed until I was like 16, you know? And so I feel like I always just had this thought that I'm like, clearly I'm not that attractive, you know? And it just kind of like internalized to this point where then when I did start getting attention from guys, I would like put them on a pedestal in a sense, right? So I'll be like, oh my God, Mm. I can't believe this person thinks I'm attractive. Whereas it's like, no, like you were an attractive person, like just because you were a late bloomer, like that shouldn't impact the way that you value guys into your twenties, you know? So I guess like tips for it, it's hard because I feel like it was such a gradual process. Like there wasn't something that I did that was suddenly like, oh, my self-esteem is now at a level where I don't have this mindset anymore. I think just really being proactive though in your dating and like rather than waiting for people to approach you or waiting for someone to make their interests known to you, kind of like going after the types of guys that you want. And I say that like not saying, oh, you have to go up to a guy and be like, you're so hot. I'd love to take you out. But like, if you see a guy who's attractive, maybe go talk to him rather than be like, oh my gosh, I hope he talks to me. And then I think as you gain that confidence and as you get positive reinforcement from taking those proactive actions, slowly that scarcity mindset will start to diminish. I definitely agree with that. And I also was a late bloomer. And I was like, I remember I went to camp. I went to sleepaway camp in the summers and every guy I liked ended up liking one of my friends or like, it was probably my fault because I was friends with like the supermodels of the camp. (laughs) Um, But everyone wanted them and like everyone wanted other girls in my bunk and like no one was into me. I was like, I like was like weirdly taller than like ever. I grew up too like tall too quickly. I like definitely had braces. Like I was just not, I was not anything to write home about. (laughs) And I remember like that like stuck with me too. And so similar to you, like when guys did start to be into me, I was like, oh, I I have to be into them because like it wasn't like it wasn't obvious to me that there could be other people into me too, mm-hmm. other than the the ones who who said they were. And I feel like that's why I got into so many like relationships so mm-hmm. quickly, as opposed to like enjoying being single. And that really like, it really sticks with you. And so I think a big part of getting out of scarcity mindset into abundance mindset is understanding yourself 100%, like Mm -hmm. knowing your effect on people, knowing how people see you, even though you'll never really know for sure. Mm -hmm. It's just like knowing that you have options in life, like not just like in relationships, but like in your job and like with friendships Mm -hmm. and... And it's really hard. It's really hard. And I feel like we get this way with friends too, like with scarcity mindset. Like we're like, oh my God, I have to stay with with this friend who I've known since I was like two, because if I don't, then like, uh, what if another friend doesn't accept me for who I am? And it's like, Mm -hmm. it can really affect you. Yeah, I agree. And I think it does take a lot of vulnerability because there's like fear of rejection to your point of like, oh, what if someone else doesn't take me and like, this is the best I can get. So I think just kind of overcoming that fear and also realizing, especially when it comes to relationships, I've always thought like, I would rather be alone than be in a shitty relationship. So I think once you get to that point where like, you know yourself and you're comfortable with yourself and happy with yourself, then you're less willing to make those sacrifices just because you're afraid of losing something that isn't even that great. Exactly. And it's funny, I always get these questions that are like, 
Because I was single at 29, which is when I met my now fiance. And everyone was like, how were you not scared? Like as if that's like a scary movie is like being single at 29. Like how were you not terrified? Like how did you not like live with a knife under your pillow? And I'm like, (laughs) because I knew that like I was a great catch and like Mm -hmm. someone was going to come around. Like I knew there were people alive and also single. Like there are millions of people, billions of people in this world. Like I think I was going to be okay. And I was, and like, Mm -hmm. that's the reality. And I also like put myself out there. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a huge thing about abundance mindset. It's like, you have to get out of your circle because yeah. if you don't get out of your circle, of course it's going to be scarcity mindset. There's like probably one Hawkeye in your circle. Yeah. You know? So I wonder, this is another one that comes up all the time. Leslie, have you ever been love bombed? Oh my gosh. I feel like this is the hot topic, like just in general, but following like the West El- West Elm, like Caleb thing, like yes. just very topical. Yes, I have been love bombed actually. I was about to say no. And I was like, I can't believe I almost forgot this guy. I dated this person on and off for a couple of months. It was so toxic that I'm actually like ashamed of myself for like staying in this thing. So it started off with like, he was very effusive about like how attracted to me he was over the app and how he wanted to take me out. And we meet up for our first date but we almost didn't meet up because I won't spare, like bore you with all the details, but basically it was like, he wanted to like get drinks and like get drunk, I guess. And I was like, it's a Monday. Like I'm going to drive myself to the date. And he's like, maybe we shouldn't meet up then. I end up meeting up with him because he like sweet talks me back into the state. And he just would talk about how amazing I was and like how he couldn't imagine himself with like someone as great as me and like did all these things, like took me on a really nice date. I said I was busy one night and he's like, don't worry, like I'll do your laundry and like go grocery shopping for you just so we can hang out. And then after like a short period of time, when I actually start to fall for him, because this was not someone who on paper, I normally would have been into. And it starts to work on me. And he's like, you know, I'm just like not in a place where I can actually like be in any relationship. And like, I'm not good enough for you. Like I need to work on myself, all this stuff. But unlike with my ex, it was like total bullshit because he's like, don't let me come back unless I've fully worked on myself and I'm in a better place. And then he just like kept coming back here and there. He texted me literally like a couple weeks ago. And like, I've not talked to this person in a year and a half. So I have, and it was very toxic. And sadly, yeah, I let it last longer than it should have. It's so crazy. And I honestly blame like Disney movies and like TV, like all media for this because first of all, every rom-com, like they're for sure being love bombed. Um, (laughs) Like because the person is doing the most to get your attention. And that's like the biggest sign of like, wow, this is, this is not okay. And so when we have these people do these grand gestures, we're like, oh my God, this is always like what I always wanted. This is so romantic and blah, blah, blah. But it's not. It's actually like a horrible red flag that we don't Mm -hmm. see. And my my experience being love bombed was with a guy who was just like really obsessed really fast. And again, like it made me feel really good. He was very charming. He wanted to see me every single day. Wow. And I was so like flattered and was so like, I just felt so special Mm -hmm. when in reality it was so like clearly toxic. 
But I think like we're so used to waiting for that next text and and like those games mm-hmm. that it's almost like when we're being love bombed, we're like, oh, it's just no games. When yeah. in reality, it's it's the biggest game of all. <laughs> But we have no idea. Yes. And so like, I remember I was seeing this guy every day. And then like, you think it falls on you because you're like, oh, I could have not agreed to see him every day. You yeah. know what I mean? You're like, yeah. I could have said I was busy. Like you mm-hmm. start to like, be like, oh, I messed it up mm-hmm. when they start to pull back. When in reality, like this was their plan all along. Like yeah. even if you hadn't said yes, like they would have shown up with like flowers, you know, yes. they oh would God, have weaseled yeah. their way in. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so crazy. It's like you end up, it's like, it's like love bombing goes so hand in hand with, with gaslighting because you end up like gaslighting yourself about yeah. the love bombing. Yeah. It's like one after another, it never ends. And it's just, it's so scary. And I feel like maybe we could talk about like signs that you're being love bombed. What do you think like is a sign? I know you kind of just explained with the guy, like convincing you to go on the date, saying that he would like make your life easier for you to go and do your chores. That's definitely a sign, right? Yeah. I feel like whenever someone is just so effusive when it's like, you don't even know me. And it's like, yeah, I think I'm really great, but there's no reason for you to think I'm so exceptional beyond like any of the other people you've met or dated. So I feel like if you're kind of like, huh, like why is this person so invested in me so soon? Then that's kind of like a first step. If it's like the level of investment doesn't even match the level of familiarity that you have with this person. Yeah. And I think if it's anything where you just feel like they're doing things that are just way beyond the stage of the relationship. Like offering to do my laundry. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm really busy. I will accept it. But that's weird. You know, like I would never do someone's laundry unless we were in a relationship. So I feel like anything like that, like even though laundry isn't the most glamorous thing, it can also be something like I had a friend and her date offered to take her to Hawaii on like date two. And I guess like from a, I don't know, like, from one sense, if you're looking for that, if you're looking for like a sugar daddy, it's like, go off. Like, that's great. But she was looking for a real relationship. And it's like, there's no reason why he should want to take her to Hawaii. And that's also like very dangerous. So just anything like that, that's just beyond how far, you know, the person. 100% agree. And also like, wouldn't even do someone's laundry unless we're living together. Yes. Um, And even then, like I sometimes I'm like, eh, (laughs) But definitely that. And then another thing I experienced was like, they, we would go on a double date and then they would like talk shit about my friends, Mm. which I really hated and like Mm -hmm. learned after the fact that it was part of like getting like to isolate me to Mm -hmm. like think that their, their opinion was like the end all be all. And like that I had to, you know, that they were right and that I was wrong. And like, they come into your life and they think, oh, like this person, you're like your friends are stupid or you're like, your friends aren't fun, that kind of stuff. And like, I think like a lot of PDA too. Um, oh, yes. Marking their territory. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, like, I guess a mix of all of that. And then like the only way to kind of like avoid that is to set a boundary and take a step back. And if they don't let you do that, then that's like what they are. And it's really hard. It is really hard. Yeah. And I feel like 
it's also difficult because there's a balance, right? Like no one wants to be the person who is bitter and is like skeptical of people for no reason. So it's kind of just really, again, going back to trusting that intuition that you're not being bitter. You're just like protecting yourself and being reasonably cautious. Yeah. And like, it's okay to cut people out if you think that they are toxic early on in a relationship. Like that's what we talk about all the time with like a red flag versus a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire poll questions and then we're going to yes. get into a quote or piece of advice. Okay. You're dating somebody not official. Uh, you're sort of dating a guy not official for a couple of weeks, but they take 12 to 24 hours to respond to a text. Do they deserve an anti ghost text or just don't respond next time they reach out or like next time they text back? I would say I would probably give an anti-ghost text and like maybe give it one more chance to see if they like rectify their behavior, but it would really be like, okay, this is the final straw. Yeah. I think like just even hearing that, I'm like, I only did that with people I did not like at all. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted them to get the hint. So yeah. Does your makeout sesh with your significant other end in sex? Yes. Deaf or not always? Not always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's fun to have just like a random makeout sometimes. Yeah. You're dating someone and you like them, but find out they have a tattoo that you hate. Can you get over it or will it always give you the ick? I think I could get over it because if it's not in a place where I have to see it all the time, then, you know, it's probably something I can overcome. Fair. Do you sit next to or across from your partner on a double date? Ooh, on a double date... I think sit next to. I agree because I think that you have to like, you have to talk to the other couple. And if you're sitting across from your own partner, then you're not talking to the person you're sitting next to. Exactly. They're super affectionate and like hold you and kiss you, but they don't want to cuddle after sex. Is that a red flag or no big deal? No, that's a red flag for me. Mm. Like I, we don't have to fall asleep cuddling, but I don't yeah. know. I feel like it's so, it's such a tender moment. And if someone is just like stone cold after they've been inside of me, I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Fair. You're seeing someone for just under two months, their birthday's in a week. Is it weird not to be included in their plans? Ooh, just under two months. I would say no, but I say that because I'm someone who like takes a long time to bring someone into my friend circle. So I can't judge if someone else is the same way, but I would love yeah, to do I something. That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if it were beyond that, then I would start to question, but I think under two months is still in the gray area. I agree. Like if you're not official, then why are you at the birthday? Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice that has helped you throughout the years? Yeah. So I feel like as you're dating and it's very easy to put people on a pedestal when you find somebody who you like, I've kind of had to remind myself like date to find out who someone is, not to kind of like validate who you want them to be. So really just knowing that you don't actually know this person, you don't know their flaws. And so when you put these high expectations on them going into the date, then oftentimes it can just like really cloud your judgment, leave you disappointed in the end. So Try not to do that. 
I love that. That's a good one. And I'm going to remember that one and pass that along. Thank you, Leslie. Where can everyone find you, follow you and listen to your podcast? Yeah. Thanks so much, Lindsay. This was great. You can find the podcast. It's called Interstates and Heartbreak. Anywhere you listen to podcasts and you can find me at Interstates and Heartbreak all spelled out on Instagram and TikTok. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. 